Panther fans who want to keep pounding. The ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views is from Midstream. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. And away we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another rousing edition of the Views from Main Street podcast is in your ear holes starting right this very second. Welcome in. Glad to have you. Happy Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whenever it is that you were listening to this podcast available on demand for free. Ladies and gentlemen, we work to make this happen for you for free. That's how much we love you. My name is Rob Brown, host of The Rob Brown Show, which airs weekdays from 9 to noon on the Fan Upstate in Greenville, South Carolina, and available for free on the Odyssey app. And joining me as he does for every single edition of the Greatest Carolina Podcast in all the nation, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, is over on the other side of the metaphorical and in this case virtual glass as we had to wait until a little bit later in the day to record the pod why because it is nfl trade line day ladies and gentlemen the trade deadline has a come the trade deadline has gone and the carolina panthers have stayed pat and made no moves either buyers or sellers and before we get into any details about that so uh any surprise from you that we were not buyers or sellers pushing up against the trade deadline you know admittedly last podcast i was a little emotional and uh i was trying to ship some people out and uh i still believe it should have happened i'm not gonna back down but but it didn't so i think uh, I'm not really surprised we didn't do anything as far as the trade deadline goes. I am surprised that the kicker uh, is still there. Uh, but other than that, no no big surprises because they maneuvered into some better draft picks with uh, the trading of Robbie Anderson and the trading of, of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, there was only one other way that they were going to get some draft picks, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that, and uh, they said no to that. So – other than that, no, no surprise. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. No real surprises that were made and no real surprises brought on to us by being neither buyers nor sellers. I think we were in exactly the spot that we ultimately thought that we were going to be in. We are a team that has a hefty haul of picks, eight of them overall in the 2023 draft upcoming, obviously, one of those picks is going to be much towards the front end of the draft. And we'll get into that here in just a moment from right now, because I do have the football power index odds of us getting a first round pick, uh, excuse me, a first overall pick, as well as getting a pick inside of the first five picks of the draft. And We'll see if knowing those odds and the odds of the teams around us changes the way that some of you might want to make a push at the at the end of this season. But, you know, listen, um, I think and, and, and this is basically what we've been saying or what, at least what I've been saying the last couple of weeks. I think we've done a good job of establishing a young core. I think we've done a good job of establishing a base. I think we've done a good job of making sure that not only do we have 
young foundational talent that is on this football team, but that we have young foundational talent that wants to be here, that is excited about the direction this team is going in. And, you know, that can be kind of tough in the NFL versus like college football, for instance, because the NFL is a business and you do have the opportunity to move and do so for ever increasing amounts of money year by year. But, you know, you, you, you want guys who are going to take a little bit of pride in pulling this franchise up out of the dregs. And I think we've done a relatively good job at Avengers assembling that type of foundation. So, you know, if you bring in anybody else, if you go out there with your eight draft picks uh, and act as a buyer because you've got the capital to do it, the risk you run is bringing somebody in especially somebody that is running low on years of the salary that might show up and have an interest, but then look and go, they're further away than I would have liked them to have been. You run the risk of bringing in a contract that kind of sends you into uh, a little more cap trouble. We're in a pretty good cap spot right now. You bring somebody in today on NFL draft deadline day, and you kind of lose a little bit of that chemistry on top of obviously not guaranteeing that you get somebody uh, that is going to be able to help you, right? Like there's no guarantee that whoever you bring in is going to be the right guy for the right position at the right time. On the flip side, you know, we were talking about the foundation. I talked about the base. If you're a seller, you risk that, right? If you go out there and you trade away young parts of the team for draft picks, the guys whose name were mentioned today, And obviously the one who got the most play was Brian Burns because apparently the Los Angeles Rams offered us at least two first round picks. I have also heard that they once again offered to package Cam Akers into a trade. I think that was frankly more about them getting rid of Cam Akers than it was trying to sell us that Akers is a valuable addition to the roster. But, you know, listen, you give up Brian Burns and get two first-round picks, there is no guarantee. There is no guarantee that the guy that you select in that case is going to be anywhere near as productive as Brian Burns. Sorry, I should say the guys with those two-round picks is anywhere near as, uh, as, as efficient, as good, as talented as Brian Burns, a 24-year-old on a very team-friendly contract right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm not surprised we didn't make any seller moves today, Lonzo, because I think we've gotten to where we were looking to get, which is do we have a young, core, good, foundational group of talented guys who want to be a part of the team? And I think we have seen the last couple of weeks the answer to that is yes. And I think the other thing is uh, the last couple of trades – uh, the Panthers have kind of got burned on. I mean, if you look at Sam Darnold, hasn't panned out. Look at Baker Mayfield, they haven't panned out. So I think that makes that probably makes them a little bit um, leery of trying to trade for a, a vet because we've seen what's happened the last couple of times. And you talk about the young nucleus, the other thing you don't want to do is you don't want to bring, and you mentioned the chemistry, you don't want to mess up that chemistry. That chemistry is great. But the thing you also need to do is with these draft picks that you already have, you got to make sure you keep those guys happy. And the majority of that nucleus 
is on defense. And how do you make them happy? You bring in some offensive guys that can keep the defense off the field. So there are a lot of things that are, are trending in the right direction. And fortunately or unfortunately, if the Panthers continue to play the way they are, they're guaranteed a pretty high draft pick. Uh, so, you know, guarantee is an interesting word. And I was going to bring this up later in the pod, but since you just hit on it, we can get to it now. I was looking earlier, ESPN's football power index, which is obviously a uh, an algorithm that they use to come up with percentages and probabilities based around the league. And, you know, just like we've talked about a lot of other things, it is certainly not anything that you should consider uh, a, a, a gospel of outcomes in professional football, but they've certainly got their experience and their formulas and their numbers down to where it's got at least some levity, some weight to it when you're discussing this. As of right now, the Carolina Panthers have the fourth highest probability in the National Football League to have a top three pick. The top three teams right now to have a top three pick are the Detroit Lions, who have a 29.1% chance of having a first top three pick. The ooh, Houston ooh, let, let, Texans. Let, let, ah, no, no, that's the second one. It's too late. You've already sold me the second one. Well, then take, take a crack then. There's one more team uh, that has a higher probability right now than us to get a top three pick. Can you tell me who the third team is? Jacksonville. It is not, actually. Really? It is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Huh. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a 15.8% chance of getting a top three pick. We have a 13.1% chance of getting a top three pick moving into the 2023 National Football League draft. We also have, and this is where the numbers kind of start to get interesting, we have a 64.8% chance of picking inside the top five, 64.8% chance of picking inside the top five. And that number is obviously very interesting to me uh, because that is effectively where I think the cutoff is. I think the cutoff is three or four to getting a guy at the position that we have been talked about. This is the next step. This is where we want, which is at the quarterback position. I think we would likely need to be inside the top three uh, to 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 be in a spot that we get what is a there's no such thing obviously as a guarantee but one of the better guys out there because there is a drop off from in my opinion young Stroud and Hooker down to Will Levis and Tanner McKee out of Stanford you're rolling the dice on any of them, but it feels like there's a drop-off in how good of dice you're getting to roll, bouncing down the four or five. So the question there is, if we didn't make any moves to change anything up, how do you attack this? Like, are we? Are, do you embrace the tank at this point? Or do you roll out there and try to win as many as you can, recognizing that the Texans are that bad? recognizing that the Lions are maybe worse and recognizing that even Pittsburgh has an opportunity to snag that spot from us. When you know that it is less than likely that we can compete in the division, have we gone back and adopted 
the full make uh, full tank mentality after we just handed a game and a half lead to the Atlanta Falcons? No, because if if Atlanta would have whooped the Panthers' butts, that's different. But they didn't. They lost. Uh, they beat the Panthers. They beat us in overtime. Uh, the Panthers can beat Atlanta without a doubt. They showed they could do that. They didn't have didn't have a really good first half. PJ struggled some. Uh, you're missing a running back and Chuba Hubbard that you're going to get back. Um, that's the thing. If the rest of the division was so much better, then you're going to tank because you're not you're not good enough to win. But in this case, what team in the South is that much better than the Panthers? I mean, you saw how New Orleans played last week, but look at who they play. They played the Raiders. Uh, there is no team that you can go, wow, there's no way that, that they can be caught. So uh, there's no way. They're going to win some games. They absolutely are, unless bad luck and uh, helmets become a problem the rest of the life. <laughs> um, you know, listen. There is this, there, there's there's the levity of the situation that is. You're right. The division is atrociously bad right now, right? Like atrociously bad. And it would appear that whoever wins this division, whether it be Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, or Tampa, is likely a first-round exit in the playoffs, right? Like we're, we're just, whoever wins this division, the representative of the NFC South, is going to be a massive underdog uh, against the two seed overall in the NFC playoffs. There's a part of me, and I've said this how many times, of I'm looking to build the future, right? Like this year is irrelevant to me. Even that there's even a part of me, and I don't know if I'm alone in this. And if you guys have different thoughts, do us a favor. And drop us a lot on social media at the Rob Brown show and at Lonzo on word. So we can continue the conversation off of the podcast. There's a part of me that says somewhere there is a line, right? Somewhere there is a line. And that line is, do we want to go into the playoffs where we're going to open as probably a double digit underdog or do we want to be looking ahead to 2023 where we know this team is going to be better, right? Like we're already seeing this team get better and we got eight draft picks to go find the right guy or package together to go get our guy. And to me, I kind of lean in the direction of even at this point, even with the division as bad as it is, even if we can beat Atlanta, first off, it's New Orleans and Tampa Bay that I'm worried about, primarily Tampa Bay, Second off, is there a is there a feather in the cap for going to the playoffs if you're a seven-win team or an eight-win team? Is there a feather in the cap going to the playoff and getting bounced in the first round? And is that feather in the cap more valuable than finding the quarterback that we all agree is the key to taking the next step? Well, see, the problem is it's going to look pretty good starting the way that the Panthers have started out two and two and six. If they make the playoffs, I mean, that, that shows a lot about the heart of the team. It shows a, a lot about coaching. It shows a lot about everything. I'm still the guy I'd rather make the playoffs because you keep pointing out how many picks the Panthers have. I mean, you can package those together and move up 
You absolutely can. And uh, even with that, let's say you win win the division with uh, seven wins. You're still going to be picking pretty high. And it wouldn't take a whole wouldn't take a whole lot more if you're picking, you know, six or seven in the draft to uh, say, hey, here, here's four of these picks. Let me move up three spots. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. 